the name of God the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Please, please be seated. The a Mass of Christian Burial has, has three purposes to it. One is to give thanks to God for our sister, our Grace Elizabeth, Betty, uh, to, uh, to commend her to Almighty God, and to be consoled and uh, reassured ourselves by the hope, the Christian hope, the hope of the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. So here's a, this is a long life, and there's a lot to give thanks for here. 98 years old, right? 98 years old, 88 years a member of this cathedral congregation. Uh, a wife, mother, grandmother, um, a prof uh, you know, hardworking uh, professional, uh, One of, the, one of the women that kept the cathedral going for decades. There's a great deal that could be said. We, we give thanks for this faithful life. Here's what I'd like to do today. I'd like to give thanks for one thing. I'd like to give thanks for, uh, to, to Betty, how I knew her, for her Christian witness to me. Her Christian witness of how you live as a Christian and her Christian witness of how you die as a Christian. And I'll start with the, with the second one, how to die as a Christian. Here's how, you, here's how you do it. You start when you're 10 years old, and you stick with it for, eight, for 88 years. Every Sunday, week in and week out. Okay? Uh, and you, you, you praise God for your parents or the other people that were around you that led you to Christ in the first place and, and planted you in the church and planted you, but you stick with it. That's, that's the first thing, you stick with it through thick and thin, when you feel like it, when you don't feel like it, when the weather is good and when the weather is bad. Uh, Betty, Betty was here, she lived a long way from the church, but she was here, unless for good cause prevented. If she, if she wasn't here, you knew there was, there was, there was something. Else. So you, 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 you practice your faith, you, you, you start early and you stay strong and you get to the finish line. And St. Paul says, I I've run the good race. Boy, if anybody ever ran a good race, this dear woman ran a good race. You, shoot, you, um, you, 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 you serve God by saying your prayers and by trying to share Christian love with your children and your husband and the people that come within your orbit. You do what you can to sustain the life of the church. There's a lot of things that even have a service like this. There are a lot of things that have to happen. Most that you won't see, but there are people like Betty Cannon behind, this, behind the scenes making that all happen. You, know? uh, you share your faith. I thought that, uh, I, I thought that uh, Doris Fidel, so many, many of you will know Doris, a member of this congregation, distinguished teacher here in Albany uh, in the administration of, this, of the school uh, district. Uh, touched, she touched so many, many lives, Doris. Dear, dear Doris has touched so many, many lives, still touching so many, many lives. How, she, how, how did she happen to be here? Betty Cannon was her next-door neighbor and brought her to church when she was a little girl. Now, this one, 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 one touch by this woman. That's just one touch. So uh, this is how you live a Christian life. You do it persistently. 
you do it consistently. And um, you do it uh, with an attitude of prayer. And this is one of the most prayerful people that I have ever known. Very quiet, uh, although I, the family tells me that, that, that sometimes there was more to it than that. But, but very quiet. Um, had a kind of serenity about it, I think. I think a serenity of, um, of, of faith about it. But you, she certainly showed, you know, and none of us are perfect. We're none of us perfect. But she showed how to live a Christian life by consistently, persistently, week in, week out, and, you know, when it was easy and when it was hard, practicing her faith, saying her prayers, attending the service, serving her God, and to the best of ability, her uh, fellow human beings. So that's, that's a lot, right? That's a big lesson right there. Right? And then you come to the end of your life. And right up to the end of your life, you're in the church every week, and the priest knows who you are. And he knows something about you. And when he gets the call that says, this dear woman is coming to her last days, he goes right away because he knows how much it would mean to her. And very often in our church, we take people communion. We take them from what's called the reserved sacrament because um, it's, it's a relatively brief service to do it that way. And, and, and we don't want to tire the sick people out. But I just had the, I had the thought, I'm going, to see, I'm going to see if she couldn't just sit through one more celebration of the Holy Communion. So I went and I celebrated the whole Eucharist by her bedside. She knew all of the responses. She prayed every prayer. Um, well, you know, there's a, an old song, there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. You know that song? There was a sweet, sweet spirit in that place. And, and, uh, and then I went back to give her last rites. And, and this is how you die as a Christian. You, you have so touched people with love and kindness and patience with your witness to Jesus Christ. You've so touched people in that way that they want to be around you when you're gone. I've never been in a house where more people were when someone was gone. Daughters and, and grandchildren, nieces and, and, and nephews. And, you know, we're all moths. We're attracted to the light. And the light of Christ was shining in this dear. We give thanks to God for this witness. This was a beautiful witness. If you were here, some of you were here this morning, you heard me say that, that we give thanks and then we commend the person, but you know, uh, there's much to give thanks for and we give thanks for the way that God blessed them so they could bless us. But when we commend somebody to Almighty God, our brother, our sister, our mother, our father, or ourselves, we don't commend them on the basis of their scorecard. We commend them on the basis of the mercy of the Savior. And as we stand in the valley of the shadow of death, we stand on level ground. And um, we, all, uh, we are all standing in the need of prayer. And we can have confidence in the Good Shepherd who calls each one of his sheep by name. Uh, and in the Father who sends the Son to the end that none of the ones that he has given to him 
should be long. So we give thanks for this life and we commend her to Almighty God on the basis, same basis as we always commend ourselves, which is upon the mercy and love of God made known to us in Jesus Christ our Lord. And we remember our Christian hope, for we believe in the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. One of the distinctive characteristics of Christian hope is that we believe in the resurrection of the body. We don't believe that just some piece of us, the, a soul or a spirit or something like that. What we believe is that God's going to raise us up from the dead. And everything that pertains to human life, everything, it's not some piece of us, but everything pertaining to the human personality, the human person, is going to be transfigured. It's going to, it's going to, be, it's going to be changed. They asked St. Paul about it, and he says, uh, well, it's hard to understand, but if you see what a, a dead-looking thing a seed is, and then you see what a glorious thing a sheep of wheat is, something like that. It's a mystery. Our bodies will be like the Lord's body. It will not be less than, more than. It will be more than. What will that mean? Will it mean that we'll be able to recognize those, those that we love? It means that we'll be able to give and receive love. It means that we'll be able to give praise and worship to God means that we'll be able to have community with each other. And part of the vision of the life of the world to come is a, a perfect, a perfect community, a perfect city where we are at peace with God and at peace uh, with each other. And the poet uh, John Dunn says that uh, in paradise, the fruit is always right. And, uh, there's 12 trees and the fruit is always right. And God doesn't say you should, you should come tomorrow or you should have come yesterday, but today, today, the banquet is spread for us. We believe in the resurrection of the body. We believe in the life of the world to come. And we believe that that, 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 that change, that transfiguration, that metamorphosis, we believe that it can, be, it can begin to get hold of us now. And the light of the world come can begin to shine in our life now. And, and here was here was a here was a, a, a servant of the Lord, and the light of Christ shone in her. And I think that uh, those of us that were near her at the end could see that light. I'm going to end today with an old prayer from the old prayer book. I use this often at funerals, but it's a good prayer. It's an old one, but it's a good prayer. O God, whose days are without end and whose mercies cannot be numbered, make us, we beseech, be deeply sensible of the shortness and uncertainty of life. And let thy Holy Spirit lead us in holiness and righteousness all our days, that when we shall have served thee in our generation, we may be gathered unto our fathers having the testimony of a good conscience and the communion of the Catholic Church and the confidence of a certain faith in the comfort of a reasonable, religious, and holy hope in favor with thee, our God, and in perfect charity with the world, all which we ask through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.